Hey, if you're new here, let me just share with you um, the person that invited you may have invited you by saying, uh, hey, you need to come to our church. People are getting healed like crazy, which is 100% true. Every single week, people are physically healed at our church. And I'm so grateful for that. Is anyone grateful for that? I mean, come on. I mean, thank God. If, if you're one of those people that uh, if you need a healing in your body, I don't care what it is. Two Sundays ago, we had four people, no, five people who had a deaf ear that opened right here at the altar while we're praying for them. Five people, which is so good. It is so good. Um, and uh, that was a really lame clap for the level of... I mean, we're talking about deaf ears, people. My goodness. We're not talking about headaches. Um, and so, uh, but it's something, if, if you need a healing in your body, whatever it is, I don't care what it is, um, today's your day. Today's your day. Uh, I always like to share testimonies um, because every experience seems to be a little bit different. Um, and so, Scott, why don't you come on up here? And um, his, his experience was, uh, was unique as well. Scott, come on up here. Absolutely. Uh, tell everyone uh, your experience. Go ahead. Okay. So, Hello. Hello. Is it on? Can you all hear me? Let me see. Okay, that's okay. I'm pretty no, loud. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, there we go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so um, about seven weeks ago, um, I, had, I, had, I played sports all my life. I'm, I'm a righty, so I'm, ever since I was six years old, I've been doing something with my right arm, uh, throwing something, catching something, whatever. Um, and I developed uh, a pain in my elbow that literally prevented me from scratching my head, combing my hair, brushing my teeth with my right hand. I couldn't get my elbow or my arm to hear without excruciating pain, literally shooting up from the inside of my elbow all the way down to my wrist. So for a few weeks, um, I had remembered that uh, Pastor Frankie had called at one time months ago, hey, if you, he gets this word of knowledge, right? So if you have this pain in your inside of your elbow, because he likes to be specific, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you get this pain in, in, right here in, in, in the inside of your elbow, I want you to come down. I want to pray for you. And so and that was a while back. So I'm sitting over there a few weeks ago, and I'm like, okay, come on. Call for the elbow. One, week, sun, one Sunday goes by. Next Sunday goes by. I'm like, okay, he's not calling for the elbow. I really need this elbow fixed. So anyway, so um, he was like, all right, you know, come up here and, and you know, go to one of the prayer team uh, folks and, and they'll pray for you. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm tired of this. I got to do it. So I went up and Bob was standing right here. And so I came up to Bob and I said, Bob, my elbow's hurting. This is what's going on. And he said, all right, well, let's pray for it. So he prayed for it once. And he was like, feel anything? I was like, mm, no, not really. I was like, come on, Jesus, come on. So he was like, all right, so we'll pray again. So he prayed again and okay, do you feel anything? No, not really. So I went home that afternoon and I was doing something. I don't remember um, but then I went to reach to grab my glasses off the top of my head. And I was like, uh, do that again? Do that again? Oh, I can touch my nose. I can comb my hair. I can... It was awesome. It was awesome. 
So, thank you. And the, and the great thing about that is during the day I was praying about it. I was like, all right, all right, Jesus, we got, we got the prayer team member to pray for it. You're going you're gonna to heal this thing. No doubt. I have no doubt. And sure enough, not too long later, he had, he had, he had definitely healed it. The cool thing about this is that it was right at about the anniversary of my one year coming to this church. So when Pastor Frankie or any of the, the worship team members tell you that, hey, give us a year, that doesn't mean you have to wait a year for your healing, okay? <laughs> but it just mean, it's just coincidence, I guess. Good Lord gives it to you in different ways. So make sure if there's something wrong and you need to be healed, this is a great place. The Holy Spirit's working hard in here, right? So come on up at any time and, and pray with Pastor Frankie or any of the folks up here and, and expect that healing to happen. And if it doesn't happen right there at that minute, it's okay. Expect it to happen. So keep praying That's about so it. Good. Thank you. That's so good. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. All right. Are you guys ready for a message? Say yes. All right. This is what we're going to talk about. The title is Everyone Includes You. Everyone Includes You. Um, let me dive into it by going straight to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Uh, this is what Jesus says. He says, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Next verse, verse 8. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone. How, who? Everyone. Who? Everyone. Who? Everyone. Look at the person next to you and say, he's going to keep saying who until you participate. Go. <laughs> who? Everyone. Everyone who seeks finds. Every, everyone who knocks, the door shall be opened. Everyone, when you pray, I want you to say, God, your word says, Matthew 7, verse 8, everyone, I'm in that category, everyone. Then he goes on. He says, you parents, if your child asks for bread, are you going to give them a stone? If they ask for fish... Are you going to give them a snake? Of course not. So if you, who are sinful, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give good gifts to those who ask? Those who ask. Those who ask. Everyone, those who ask. Everyone, those who ask. Everyone. And Luke told the same exact, uh, wrote about the same exact teaching. It was in uh, chapter 11, um, verse 13, where he says, If you being sinful know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So I want to just emphasize, everyone, 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 there are times when one prayer will do it. One prayer. 
Uh, and then there's other times where you have to ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. And inevitably, the enemy will come and whisper in your ear and badger you and say things like, if he was a loving God, why do I got to ask over and over and over again? Well, look, I didn't write the Bible and I'm not God. So I don't want to give an answer and speak for him if I can't memorize his answer out of the Bible. But what I can say is every time you ask and every time you seek and every time you knock, your muscles, your faith muscles, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you cannot see. Your faith is getting stronger and stronger. God can change what's happening to you in a moment. But what's happening in you is a process that involves you stretching and building your faith. Are you with me? Say yes. yes. There are times where the enemy will see you praying. And for some of you, when you pray, hell gets very nervous because you have a bulldog mentality. You're going to, everyone means me. I'm going to pray, 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 I'm going to pray. And hell gets nervous because these demons have been following you and tracking you your entire life. And they know how you are. And then there's others where when you pray, one demon may say to another, don't worry about it. They'll be done in about four minutes. They'll be discouraged because fire didn't come out of the sky. And they'll never pray about this again. So just hang on for four minutes. Oh, they prayed two days in a row. They have never prayed about the same thing three days in a row in their life. Just hang on. I don't want you. I want you to be a bulldog. I don't want you to be a cheetah. Cheetahs are sexy. They look good. They run fast, but they can't run long. They can run sprints. An antelope that's running away from a cheetah. That cheetah is coming up on him. He's moving his tail, trying to like, <laughs> and they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just got to hang on. He just has to hang on. Not for very long. Those cheetahs are sprinters. They can't run very long. If that, if that antelope can just, just a little bit longer, the, the cheetah will run out of gas. That's the one advantage that an antelope has over a cheetah. They can run forever. Cheetahs, they don't get it right away, they're done. Don't be a cheetah. Look at the person next to you say, don't be a cheetah. But look at him and say, wear a cheetah print. It probably looks good on you. Go ahead. <laughs> It'll look good on you. It, 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 that fits for you. Elijah showed us two things that we need to do to make sure that we do our part. Because God is not a slot machine. Everyone has the same access to God. Amen. No one gets a special set 
of privileges that other people don't get. God has no God has no Now that you, everyone knows that God has no has no favorites. But when you ask him for something, there is a relation, there's something that entices him, compels him to move. And Elijah showed us what those two things are. He needed a miracle and he needed a big miracle. He needed fire to come out of the sky and burn a cow that was laying on an altar. That's a huge miracle, massive miracle. I don't know what miracle you need, but if it's anywhere close to that, listen up because he gave the two things that enticed and compelled God to move. The first thing that he did is he built an altar. He built an altar. An altar is something that's made of wood, steel, or stone that things die on. An altar is a place where you worship. An altar is, some, is a place that you go. You go to that place. You go there on a regular basis. You go there to worship. He established his altar. The first thing when you say, God, I am about to pray until you move. Isaiah chapter 62, verse 6 and 7. It says, those of you who pray, give the Lord no rest. Give yourself no rest until he completes what he's promised. Don't stop praying. You got to get you an altar and say, I'm going to be at this altar until you move. It's an attitude, it is a position, it is how your relationship with God is set up. An altar, everybody say an altar. altar. Your altar may look different, but it's something that you have to visit every single day. In Psalms chapter 5 verse 3 it says, every morning I wake up, I'll be back at it again. Lay in the pieces of my life on your altar. Every morning I wake up. When I was praying the other day, I said, God, my voice is going to echo in the city of heaven until you move. Here it comes. I'm not stopping. I got a glass of water. I got a cup of coffee. I'll be here all day if I have to. And I was. And what I was praying for hasn't happened The next day I got up, the next day I got to know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'll be back up again tomorrow. Your altar may look different. My mother growing up, I'll never forget. She had this skinny black Bible with a zipper around it. She'd put all the kids to bed and she'd go get in bed and she'd open up her little skinny black Bible and it'd be her daily bread. You guys remember that one year uh, uh, reading program? She'd go through her daily bread. That was her altar. My dad's altar was different. After the kids go to bed, I'd hear the door of the front door open and he'd go walk out the street and I'd look out the Venetian blinds and and he'd be walking the street. I could see him going just like this, walking around the block with his hands raised. My wife and I got married in Rockford, Illinois. We hit some hard times. What do you think I did? 
And I remembered my dad's altar. So I opened up the door in the middle of the night and I'm walking around and freezing, walking in the snow, praying, going to the altar, going to the altar. You got to have an altar. You are everyone. No one is more anointed or more loved than you, but you got to have an altar. Now I was walking around. Then we moved to Texas. We hit some tough times. I'm going back to my altar. I walk out in the middle of the night. I'm calling on God. So the Lord is my witness. A deer runs across the street. I was like, God, show me. Ah! Scared me to death. I start looking around. I see gold eyes in the trees. I was like, God, we're going to have a new altar. When in the guest room, I was like, my new altar. Texas does not play them. Raccoons are possessed with the devil. They are not cute. They will tear you up. Have you ever caught a raccoon? Raise your hand if you've ever caught a raccoon. Then it's like, now what am I supposed to do with this thing? They're possessed. After you establish an altar, you lay the sacrifice. I got to tell you, Edwin Roberts, he was the leader of the Wales Revival. He said one sentence, and I've built the whole sermon on this one sentence. He said... In 1904-1905, he was the leader of the Wales Revival. He said one sentence, and I just heard it last week. He said, I have built the altar, I have made the sacrifice, and now I'm waiting for the fire to fall. I just want to tell you, in your life, you back up and you say, I have built the altar, I have made the sacrifice, and now I'm waiting for the fire to fall. Because Edwin Roberts is not any more anointed than you. He might be more anointed, but he's not any more special. He fought for that anointing. I read about it. He prayed eight or ten years or something like that before anything special happened in his life. He built the altar. He made the sacrifice. See, when you stand before the Lord and you say, this is in um, John uh, 14, 26. Where Jesus said, the comforter, who's the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring everything that he has said to your remembrance. When you have established an altar and say, I will be here every day, you are going to hear from me. This is my place of worship. I remember when I was 13 years old, every time the church sang this particular song, I'd come out of my seat and I'd, I'd get down on the knees, on my knees at the altar in the church. And I was the only one and I didn't care. Care. It was my favorite song, and I'm going to worship God. When you have an altar and you visit it every single day, and you are relentless, you are a bulldog. You don't. You just. You're going to. Even if you say the same words 75 times in a row, because you're not an eloquent person. I love you. 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 It says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. It doesn't say the the eloquent people will move the throne room of God. No, it's fervency. I love you. I need you. I praise you. I depend on you. I love you. I praise you. It's a fervency. It's a fervency. But when you say to the Holy Spirit, is there anything you want to die? Is there anything you want me to sacrifice? See, you are included in everyone. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who knocks. Everyone who seeks. But before we ask God to send the fire, 
you got to build the altar and you got to lay the sacrifice. And when you say to the Holy Spirit, is there anything? I've been on my knees as, even this morning. I said, God, these people are not coming to see me. There's so many people that's coming to our church and they don't even attend our church. This is not their church home. They're coming here because they need someone to pray for them for a healing with the full intention of going back to their home church. And that is fine. And then and if that's you, I, I want you to get healed. But do you know how heartbreaking it is when I pray for a person that came just to be healed and they walk out and they weren't healed. I tell God, Lord, they came to see you and all they saw was me and neither one of us was, was impressed. I'm on my knees saying, God, you have to be here. Your Holy Spirit has to be here. Now, here it comes. Is there anything? Is there anything? Is it, do I, have I said anything? Have I, am I thinking anything? Am I harboring anything? Is, is there anything in my life I need to ask forgiveness for? Because watch this. Nothing is worth hanging on to. It's not worth it to me. Never forget this. You are a vessel. You are a vessel. And God will put his presence in you and pour you out. If you are a mucked up, miry, dirty vessel, he will use you. If you are a broken vessel, he will use you. If you are a vessel that's empty, you have nothing to give, he will use you. He will use dirty vessels, broken vessels. He will use empty vessels. The only vessels he will not use are prideful vessels. He's the, those are the only ones. In fact, not only will he not use you, he will oppose you. People that say, I don't need you. I'm fine the way I am. The sin in my life, God will forgive me. I don't need to change anything. Even though Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, do not copy the behavior or the customs of this world, but become a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God's will is for your life, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. A lot of people don't know God's will for their life because they're still copying the behaviors and the customs of the world. And they're backing up and they're saying, God, you are not being clear to me. I don't know what you want me to do. And he's like, I don't know what to say. Are you with me? When you say, Holy Spirit, there's nothing I want more. Everybody will reach this point in your life. You will, either today, two years ago, or two years from now. You will reach this point. It's the point that the psalmist said in Psalms 27, verse 4. It says, this one thing I ask, and this only will I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, 
and to gaze at the beauty of your face. This is all I want. This is all I want. This is all I want, to dwell in the house of the Lord, to gaze at the beauty of your face and to worship him in his temple. This is all I want. This is all I want. Paul said it another way, Acts 20, 24, where he says, however, my life means nothing to me. If only to finish the race and complete the task, the task of testifying of God's wonderful grace. You will reach that point in your life where you don't care about anything else except for your relationship with God. You don't care about anything else except for a miracle that manifests in your life. Is anyone sick of praying and nothing happening? Is anyone here sick of praying and nothing happening? That's where I got two years ago. I said, I can't be the guy that prays and nothing happens. That can't be me. That that can be him and that can be her. It cannot be me. God, it says everyone, I'm everyone. I know I'm dirty. I know I'm sinful, but you use dirty people. You use sinful people. Lord, watch this. I've built the altar. I visit the altar. Is there a sacrifice that you want? Whatever you want. Just two days ago, I was on my knees like this. Psalms 51.10, create in me a pure heart and a steadfast spirit. Psalms 51.10, create in me a pure heart and a steadfast spirit. Psalms 51.10, create in me a pure, create in me, create. I don't have one by myself. Create in me. I can't make it happen. Create in me a pure heart and a steadfast spirit. Create in me a pure heart and a steadfast spirit. Create in me. Are you with me? Say yes. Come on, give the Lord. When you can say, I have built the altar, I have made the sacrifice, and now I need the fire to fall. That's the position that God wants to be in. Would you stand to your feet for me, please? I'd like the prayer partners to come down in the room. And I'd like for everyone else to just put your hands out like this and in a, a receiving um, posture. Receiving posture. And um, I, I used the wrong word there. I didn't mean to say receiving posture. I meant to say an, an offering posture. You don't have to move. It's the same posture, but... I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, is there anything you want? Is there any relationship I need to delete out of my phone? Is there any person I need to block on Facebook? Is there any social media platform I need to delete and never get back on again? Is, is there anything, and that was for someone in this room, because I didn't say it in the first service, and I don't plan on saying it in the third. Is there a secret relationship? Is there a secret sin? Is there a secret thing? Is there, is there someone you need to forgive? You just say, God, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is. If the Holy Spirit brings something to your mind, 
If he does, I want you to do what the Bible requests. Sometimes the Bible makes a request that you're not able to do because it's a Monday or a Tuesday and you can't find other believers. But today, you're surrounded with believers. And the Bible says this. It says, confess your sins. This is in um, um, James 5.15 or 14. Confess your sins one to another. Pray for each other and you will be healed. If something comes to your mind, I want you to come down and find a prayer partner that you don't know and tell them the sacrifice that you need to leave at this altar and let them pray for you. Tell them what it is. I need an usher at the bottom of each aisle, please, to point to available prayer partners. But I'm going to ask you, don't ignore what the Holy Spirit brings to your mind. It probably already came to your mind like lightning speed. It's like lightning. And you can almost, it almost comes so fast. The Lord speaks so fast. You can almost just think that it was a random thought and you start thinking about other things. It comes lightning fast. I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit. Begin to speak to your people right now. Begin to speak to your people right now. If the Holy Spirit brings anything to anyone's mind, I want you to come out of your seat as fast as you can. Don't look around. I want you to come down here and take the hand of a prayer partner and let them pray with you. I'm going to wait about 30 seconds. And I don't want anyone to look around. If it comes to your mind, get out of your seat right now. Move as quickly as you can. Before we can ask the fire to fall, we've got to build the altar and make the sacrifice. Is there anything the Holy Spirit is asking you to sacrifice this morning? Anything. You didn't come here to hear a band and you didn't come here to hear a preacher. You came here because you want God in your life. Open your heart, open your mind, listen to him. Oh, do we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. If you came here and you need to give your life to the Lord because if your heart were to stop beating right now, you know you're not ready. You, you know you're not ready. I want you to come out of your seat and find a prayer partner. 
If you came here today and you need a physical healing in your body, this is where you want to be. Last Sunday, five people, or the Sunday before, I can't remember, five people had a deaf ear that was opened. Five. I want you to come down and take the hand of a prayer partner. If, if there's anyone in your left shoulder, I don't know if it's God or if it's me, but I just want to pray. I want to find out. In your left shoulder or under your right kneecap, I feel compelled to pray for people that are, have pain in, the, in one or both of those areas. Your, your left shoulder, your right kneecap. Is it you? Which one is it? Your left shoulder? Is your right shoulder? I thought it was my, but I'll pray for you anyway. It's the left shoulder. Come on up here. I'll pray for you anyway. I want to be as specific as possible because I want, there, there are people in this room that you want to believe, but you can't help it. You're, 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 you're a little bit skeptical. You're a little bit skeptical. I don't want you to feel bad about being skeptical. You, you did not grow up in an, in, in a church like this. And so for you to be skeptical, that's normal. This is new. The only thing I'm going to ask you to do is to pay attention because I want to be as specific as possible because I know you're an intelligent person. You're smart enough to say, hey, if there's hundreds of people in a room, somebody's got to have that. My goodness. Right? I'm a, I want to be as specific as possible so I'm either wrong or God spoke to me. And now so I want to say this. If God heals you at celebration, you have to email the church and tell us about it. Testimonies give glory to God. If you don't give glory to God, you are touching his glory. If I try to take his glory, if I say people get healed because of me, then I'm touching his glory. We're both sinning. I have to give glory to God. You have to give glory to God. But here's the thing. I felt like I had a word knowledge in the first service. I was like, is someone in this right-hand section, you have a heart problem? And I was like, I was so certain. And nobody moved. And I was like, well, I thought that, I, oh, well, well, I guess it was me. Sorry. And I had to apologize. I said, hey, sorry, that, that wasn't God. It was me. But in my head, I was like, man, I really thought that was God. Well, he came up like five minutes later and said it was me. And I'm fine with it. But what happened is it robbed everybody else of all the, all the people in the room that were that's maybe struggling with being critical that could have bumped their faith up. Does that make sense? And so it robbed the other people. Um, and so if I ever say something that, hey, do you have a pain? And so I want to be really specific it, it, about the, the, the thoughts that I have. And I know some of you have already come down on this, but it's the left shoulder towards almost like, like if you could cut your shoulder in half, it would be the front half. And the knee, not on the right or on the left, it's dead center right underneath your, your, your kneecap area. Is that any one of you guys that came down? Is it you? It's you? All right, you and you. Okay, good, good. Praise the Lord. Would you just raise your hands where you're at? If you're, if you're in, that, in that group where you're just a little bit skeptical, the Lord is not disappointed 
at you for being skeptical. It's quite the contrary. He loves that you love him so much that you're willing to pursue or go down a road that you're unsure about only because you're hoping that it's real. You wish that it's real. You're hoping that it's real. The Lord sees that in you and loves that. And one of these Sundays, I'll say something or a prayer partner will do something that will confirm within you that what you are seeing and what you are hearing is true. So just be patient. Just be patient and say, God, I want it to be true. I just need some more help. Are you with me? With your hands raised, Lord Jesus. There's no official dismissal in this room. You can leave whenever you get ready. But Lord, these people, this is their weekend, Lord. This is their day off. They came because they love you. They came because they desire you. Worship team, if you'd come on up. They'll ca- they came because they, they want to be closer to you. And so I just pray a blessing in their life right now. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you. May his countenance be lifted up on you and bring you peace. And may you be blessed at everything you do. In the name of the Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.